Welcome to our podcast. If you enjoy this segment, we encourage you to check out the others. Also, if you're new to Hedgeye, you qualify for a special discount on one of our Hedgeye investing products. Email customer service director Matt Moran at mmoran at hedgeye.com. That's M-M-O-R-A-N at hedgeye.com. Morning, I'm Daryl Jones, Director of Research at Hedgeye. Welcome to Macro Show for November 5th. 2020, two days after the election, still don't know who our next president is, but the macro show is here, and we have Keith back in the studio. So with that, I'll hand it off to Keith. Good to be back. Thank you very much for all your prayers, and I'm quite grateful to have gotten through this whole COVID thing. Uh, it wasn't fake news, and again, I appreciate uh, all the texts and emails that you sent me. Uh, good to be back in, in the studio here, and thanks to the guys for making the time, guys and gals, for making the studio up and running and available, because I think the show is a little bit better that way. Top three things this morning in my notebook, and again, thank you for all of you that are new to joining us this morning. Uh, what we do at the top of the risk management morning is our own independent research, and then we eventually get to the top three things in my notebook. Uh, Those top three things I will review first. The first is the dollar. Number two is should be the dollar. Number three should be the dollar, but we'll do quad three and we'll do, of course, which is a function of the dollar and what's happened in the bond market, which is an epic move in the bond market as well. Uh, But first on the dollar, as you can see, the dollar here is uh, going down. Uh, It's been going down for a while now. So again, our model went bullish uh, on the dollar for a long time and then went bearish. So again, we go both ways and I kind of like that. You know, I'm I'm a liberal guy living in Connecticut. I hope you're okay with that. I'm wearing red and blue today. Please don't cancel. Uh, Again, if you're getting this for free, you're going to have to put up with me a little bit longer on this, which is we use math to determine whether or not we're bullish or bearish on the dollar. The only time you are bearish on the dollar is when we're in quad four. I will get into why we're not in quad four. We're in quad three uh, in particular here in a minute. Uh, But first, the dollar down. So again, uh, we're very clear. The only big bet on the election that I wanted to make from a market perspective, again, I'm not a Republican or Democrat, don't worry. Uh, At the end of the day, it is what it is, is that I wanted to short dollars and be long inflation. Not just, you know, like, in fact, that whole thing about garbage or not garbage, inflation, like commodities. Uh, you know, tech, by the way, is great in quad three as well. Uh, and that's what's really happening this morning is that the dollar's down hard, so our Swiss franc long position is doing very well. For those of you that have only bought stocks, right, and you, and you need a little something else in your life, a little something else other than the Bitcoin that I own, and a little Swissy on the franc side, a little bit. A little bit, little bit of currency in there. FXF is a ticker for that. Uh, it's a good morning. It's a good morning if you can, pit, you can put bets across the global macro table as opposed to just having one. That's not any fun. All right, let's get into point number two, which is quad three. So what happens in quad three? Well, bond yields go down. The dollar goes down. Tech goes up. Commodities go up. Cannabis goes up. Anything growth goes up. Why? Why? Because growth is slowing, right? Yesterday, uh, unbeknownst to anybody who's uh, running around with hoodies or hodlers, uh, they don't know what the bond market's doing. And it's kind of funny, but it's, it's great, because without that, uh, we wouldn't be able to pick them off. But at the end of the day, the bond market just kept saying yesterday, hey, this is quad three, because we had a slowing rate of change jobs number. Two of the biggest things that matter in the U.S. economy, employment and consumption, or services economy. And the services ISM, you guys can show that number, uh, hit the lowest level since May. So the bond market said... Holy shit, that's terrible. That's terrible. And by the way, it's not just me. COVID is accelerating, right? So COVID accelerating is not good for future employment growth, and it's certainly not good for the services economy, uh, not into November. So that's what the bond market figured out. And that's point number three this morning. This is one of the biggest two-day moves, wait on it, ever, ever. It's not a ticker. It's a really long time. Ever's a very long time. You know, so when you think about the two-day move in bond yields, from whoever you're paying attention to in old wall media, Joey, macro guy, whatever, 
Remember on election night at about 8 o'clock, people were like, look at the bond market, it's collapsing. <laughs> From that point in the 10-year yield, literally the 10-year yield's down about 20 basis points in 48 hours. Okay, That's one of the biggest two-day moves ever Okay, on a percentage basis. And that is what it is. That is the bond market telling you exactly what you needed to know this morning, uh, which is it's not quad two. Don't forget quad two is when we're be shorting gold, shorting treasuries, and buying the financials. Financials got walloped yesterday. Uh, the KRE, which is the regional bank index, which I'm short, uh, short less of it because I covered some of it yesterday. If you don't mind, I trade around those positions too. Uh, was down 6% on the day. Six. The market got it right. When you're in quad three, you do not buy the financials, bros and broettes. No, no, no. Those or your top three things. All right, we're going to help you. We're going to educate you. We're going to give you books. If you haven't read this one, this now this one's a little deeper on the mathematical side. Uh, my favorite, uh, actually, you know, the three books, you, you notice how, like, Diary of a Hedge Fund Manager, anybody who's uh, taking the time to read it, thank you, I appreciate that. It's got a yellow cover. Now, what's my second favorite book next to the Holy Bible that's also got a yellow color? It's not this one. Which one? The Misbehavior of Markets. Show that to people, right? So if, whether or not you're religious or not, it doesn't matter. You know, don't cancel. You got the misbehavior markets, and then you got the thing. This is more of an academic way to start to understand. Okay, mathematically, what the hell are these guys talking about? Now, again, I'm not trying to turn you into a math whiz. I know a lot of you that are trialing this and watching this for free this morning. You're more of a moving monkey type, some of you. You like to look at the simple moving average of the price. Now, that... It's funny, right? Like, it's, if, it wasn't so, if it wasn't so simple, it, would be, it wouldn't be funny. Uh, but at the end of the day, that doesn't backtest, or, or I would use it. You know, what we're using is the volatility of volatility. We're using a three-factor model that's not only the price, the surface area of what's going on, but go into the speed of the water, the volatility. Let's think about this like a riverbed. You want to put your kids on a boat, maybe with some fast-moving water? Should you pay attention to where the rocks are? You know, go, go, go down to the surface here. Let's go into the volume and the volatility. Now we're talking hedge eye, right? Now we're talking hedge eye. This isn't hodling. This is risk managing, all right? And if, you're what, if you want to do risk management, you better understand volatility. So again, we have this concept called, in, in, it's not a concept, it's just what it is. What is vol, volatility doing today? It's called instantaneous vol analysis using stochastics. Holy shit, are we going off this morning? Stochastics? This guy's talking stochastics? Yeah, it's random. You know, that's, it means randomly determined. Okay? Embrace that. You don't know what's going to happen next. If you, were, if you put all your, your eggs or acorns or whatever, whatever the hell CNBC is calling it when they get Drawdown Brown on to talk about acorns, I mean, you know, if, if Drawdown was betting on a blue wave. There's no frickin' blue wave. Yeah, the blue waves. Blue wave was the name of a hedge fund that blew up that I worked at. That's what blue waves are. You know, blue waves is a, a team in Darien that we like to beat up on from Westport. Blue waves is not a risk management process. Absolutely not. Don't do that. Political narratives, themes, whatever, people flipping around. You can do so much better than that, right? You're going to do some math. The secret to the universe. It's calculus. All right, let's get into the wood, all right? So after I do that rant, this is what we do. Uh, S&P 500 risk range. So okay. Now we have this thing called instantaneous volatility, or what's happening now. What do I do now? If you didn't care about what, what's going on now, why have you wasted so many precious hours of your life watching CNBC? I don't know. Like, if you don't want to know what's going on now, then turn this off, right? But right now, what do you do now? That's an important thing, because no matter what you did yesterday, you have to deal with now, okay? Let's focus on being in the now. What do I do now, all right? So the S&P 500 from yesterday's closing price, 3220, 
to 3496. So today, basically, the market's going to go all the way up to the top end of its range, right on the open. If you don't think that there are 50 million hoodies out there or whoever's going to transact at what we call the edges of uninformed volume because they don't know where the top end of the range is, now you know. Okay? Don't forget that this price is minus 6.5% below where the market closed yesterday. So if you give it another 1.5%, which is where the top end of the range is, how much downside do you have on, on Friday? Hey, there's a jobs report tomorrow. Does anybody know about that? And the ADP report was half of what expectations were. So there, you know, tomorrow has to happen too. So don't get so sucked into what's happening right now and acting on it viscerally, emotionally, politically. Just don't do that to yourself. You know, life's, life's got to be better than that, right? You know, just deal with what you got and try to do the best you can with all the humility in the world. Embrace uncertainty. Say, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know what the probabilities are setting up to be. So after this morning's open, you know, fully loaded with everything that's going to work for us, you know, commodities in particular, uh, you know, you got to deal with tomorrow. So that's, that's what we're trying to do. Today, we'll spend the day trying to set up for tomorrow, okay? Uh, that's that. Look, now, now, so let's go back into the components of what I said. We got the price, we got the volume, the volatility. So let's look at the volume first yesterday. Now, yesterday, it finally accelerated. So we'll give that a check mark, okay? So check mark means that versus the prior day, you, know, you had an acceleration of 13% volume, and it was up a little bit versus the one-month average. So we've not seen people... Uh, jump back in, so to speak, because guess what? Don't tell anybody this, but everybody's already in. <laughs> yeah, they never got out. <laughs> so that's the thing. You know, in the five stocks that everybody owned that went straight down, uh, when the NASDAQ went down 13%, they didn't sell. They bought more. They're st- you can't keep getting them to buy the same thing they already own, you know, if they don't have any money left. So again, think about that. You know, that's why the volume isn't like rip-roaring to the upside on a one-month basis. And then you look at the cross-asset class volatility setup um, as well. Now, what, what was really important yesterday were the two big markets that signaled green lights. You know, it's a, it's a coin toss basically today on the VIX when we look at equity volatility, which I'll mention in a second. But if you look at there, which is treasury bond market volatility, which is called the move index, uh, that's one of the few things I'll use from ye old wall, you know. So again, you look at that thing, and that went from like in the 60s to the high 40s. That's a green light, yeah. And people are like, is this a new trend in body yields? It's what the trend's been since the fourth quarter of 2018, dumbass. I mean, that's, yeah. You know, so look at, the, you know, look at it for what it is. You also see gold volatility. Look at the chart. Some guy, some guy this morning, he's like, because I, I, I said something about gold that was bullish, and the chart's going down, but it's a green arrow, but it's a volatility chart. The guy's like, oh, I thought gold was going up. <laughs> we know. We, we know. Okay? It's like Dennis Green. They are who we thought they are. Okay? They don't know about the surface of volatility. They don't know why that's so bullish for gold or for silver, for that matter. You know, so again, dollar down, gold volatility down equals gold up at a faster rate. You got that? You're getting paid long gold. Obviously, uh, we gave the buy gold signal a couple weeks ago. And and if you don't buy them when they're at the low end of the range, too bad, right? It's okay. You miss things. You miss a lot of things in life. I screw up all the time. I mean, I, I, I think I have... Uh, over, well, how many? T- tens of thousands of real-time alerts? You can go look at everything that I've screwed up the whole time, but I didn't screw up that. I mean, that would be really hard to screw up if you had a down dollar view to be not long gold. Uh, or uh, It is what it is. Bullish trend signal. You can find that in silver this morning. Uh, I guess the other thing to call out is what happened in the equity space. Now, look at this. So this is the, what we call the bongo board. Now, if you look at that, you know, not everybody was a winner yesterday. There are some real losers out there, right? Especially on Wall Street. You know there are a lot of losers out there, right? We're not the elites. Those guys that are just talking about the financials all the time, 
They're long, cheap bank stocks. Well, they got cheaper yesterday. <laughs> Terrible day for the banks, down 1.17%. You can see that on the, on the left column. Uh, but again, you also had the industrials down. So again, that's what the, the market told you was, hey, on some of these cyclical exposures, uh, I can't buy that. I've got to buy the growth that I can find. So that's super important. Now, this is really important uh, in as much as everything's important and it's never just one thing. So let's also take the volatility of this and we take, let's use the VIX as a simple example. Uh, it went out just inside of 30. Now, anytime the volatility index is north of 30 and rising, Captain Stock Picker dies. Their stock picks don't work so well anymore. Now, equally, uh, or equally important, is when vol breaks down below 30. Captain Stock Picker gets a bid. 5.9, 5.10. If I start jumping up and down, am I really 5.11? I mean, no, no. It's just a feeling thing, because the VIX reflects feelings, don't forget, right? So the risk range on this today is basically 27 to wait on it, 41. So, again, you can get volatility down here, and that would put the price, green, arrow, here. But then what happens if volatility stops going down here and then shoots back up to here? That would be a bad thing. Then the S&P can go back to here. See how that goes? So when people say you can't time markets, believe them, they can't. But you can. You can probability weight the timing of markets, which is a much more appropriate way to think about it. Upside, downside, anybody who's studied any game of probability, which would include we've spent a lot of time teaching people how to play the right way when it comes to blackjack or poker, there are rules, right? If you want to hit on a six all day long because you love the stock in blackjack, you can do that, but that's just stupid, right? You don't want to do that. You don't want to buy at the top end of the range and sell at the low end of the range. We don't want to do that, right? Okay, so we're going to help you not do that. Uh, what else we got going on for you this morning? Uh, Asia. Okay, so again, it's not just like gold or Bitcoin or all the things you can be long in dollars this morning. You can also be long more stocks that aren't in the U.S. So our favorite country in emerging markets is also the biggest one in emerging markets remains China. Uh, you see that was up 1.3% last night. Look at Japan. Who is long Japan? We're long Japan. It made a new high. It's not like, you know, some things that are trying to make lower highs. That's a new high. It went right off the chart, Jonesy Butts. You like that technical analysis? Can you see that? Is Jonesy still there? You're taking a nap, Jonesy. Jonesy was tired yesterday, okay? He needed some water, but he can see that. That is called going off the chart, okay? So we're long Japan. We're long China. We're long South Korea. We're long India. We're lo you can be long so many things because the dollar continues to go down. So look at that one more time. Toggle back and forth between dollars and Nikkei, Genron. You can see that. See this little toggling? Genron is a TV guy, but he's also now a quant. See this? Really good. Why, does it, why don't other people on TV teach you like Genron teaches you how to get that right? That's super important indeed. Uh, we also like Taiwan, as people know. Um, so again, buy them when they're at the low end of the risk range. Like Some of the things that I'm not long, that means I really screwed up Thailand this morning, right? Now, I can't, we, we have 50 different countries in the model. If you want to look at the top 20 by GDP, look at slide 20 in the current macro deck, you'll see every single quad. And what you'll find is in Asia, there are a lot of quad twos and quad ones. We color code them green so that you can understand that that means that that's good. Um, and again, that's a real important thing. Um, but you know, like Thailand was up four and a half percent last night. Did you know? Or are you still like hitting the button on how many votes are coming out of Arizona? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mean to make fun of that, but I did. You know, so at the end of the day, we're trying to make money. We're trying to save the money that we've worked so hard for, preserve and protect that capital for our family, preserve, you know, 
be mindful of our health and our wealth at the same time. They're important things. If we don't have those things, we go away, right? The people that we love and trust and respect aren't supported as well as they could be. So again, deal with it the same way. When I got COVID, did I say, well, according to my own valuation, that shouldn't be happening? I mean, seriously, I actually got this thing. You guys, uh, anybody get COVID? I mean, I get, this is called an oximeter. So if I put that on right now, I could tell you, because I check this all the time. You know, what if the oximeter said, um, shit, man, you're running out of oxygen. You just say, well, that shouldn't be happening. I like the multiple. I mean, really? I mean, when you have COVID? I mean, I, got, I was lucky, okay? And again, I was blessed with good health to begin with. You wouldn't be able to tell the you know, paunch I got. But at the end of the day, double chin paunch Irish guy, survived. But I had to measure and monitor it. 99 on my oximeter was good, Wayne Gretzky, right? But if it wasn't good, what do you do? What do you do? If volatility goes from 27 and starts to go back above 30, what do you do? Do you, do you maintain the same posture? You don't call the doctor. You're smarter than it. What are you doing? Like, again, start thinking about your wealth the same way you think about your health or anything else in natural life. Everybody would love to get in a car, if they could, go on the Merritt Parkway, hit a button, go maybe a little bit north of the speed limit, get on work with no traffic every day. Is that the way life works, or do you have the brakes? So so start thinking about our money that way. I I know you guys can do that, and many of you do, and thank you for all of our uh, power users and longtime subscribers. I'm ranting a bit here trying to get people uh, to, again, understand that there's a better way. Okay. Uh, What else we got going on for you this morning? Uh, If you want to short something, we love shorting things. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, Look at Greece. Imagine your big call in the election was to buy Greek stocks. G-R-E-K is ETF. Some, some poor soul has that in his asset allocation. Uh, that, that's not very good. I mean, uh, Greece, uh, unfortunately, uh, much like large swaths of Europe, um, you know, put their country in lockdown last night. So a lot of things in macro really don't cease to exist because the manic media isn't focused on it. So that's another big thing about our macro process is that we do it all, all of the time. So we notice these things, right? It's just like anything in fractal math. It's like sand pile theory. You as a human are an arrogant beast if you're going to say, well, I know what grain of sand is going to cause the sand pile to collapse. Or I know what flake of snow is going to call it, you know, cause an avalanche. That, these are the most asinine assumptions that could only come up in people's heads because they've thought about it from an old Wall Street perspective. Right? If you measure and map things fractally, you are a humble servant of the data. You don't know what it's going to be that knocks the sand pile over or turns it into an avalanche, but you know when the conditions are undergoing what we call emergent properties start to go into phase transition. Avalanche, by the time it's on, if you're on the wrong part of the mountain, life's over. You don't even need this oximeter. There's no oxygen, all right? So again, just think about risk the way that you do in your real life as you would. Um, so again, we continue to be short uh, Europe, and we will short more Spain today. That is one of our favorite. Uh, Spain on the short side, EWP. And I'm waiting and watching for the DAX. Uh, you can see this on your daily pin sheet. It's called our risk range product, uh, where the top end of the range is for the DAX is where I would short something like EWG, which is the ETF for Germany. Uh, it was a great short last week, down over 9%. Actually, it was down about 9%, uh, but I digress. What else we got going on for you uh, uh, this morning? Oil's one of the holdouts, but we're still long natural gas instead. So you can see on that same sheet, it says bullish trend on natural gas. When natural gas was down yesterday, you buy more, okay? So please, when you're running your own money, and now it's great because you don't have to pay commissions, particularly if you're in America. So all these ETFs and anything, there's zero commissions. It's a new dawn. It's not a blue wave. It's not a red wave. It's a green one. Look at my tweet this morning. It's a green wave. Yeah, the, the, it's, it's awesome, right? Who, who's long green waves? Zero commissions and buying natural gas? That's the green wave. Don't forget to electrify everything in your life, including your hair. 
You need natural gas. You need copper. You need rare earths. These are all long positions at Hedgeye, and we like to hodl them a little bit, but trade around them too. All right, uh, rare earths had an awesome day. REMX is the ETF for that. If you're not aware, now you are. Uh, what else we got going on for you this morning? Copper is still bullish trend. Uh, that could be for sale this morning. We'll see if we get that. Corn, look at the corn. The corn on the cob, eh? Look at that, the Canadians. Look at this thing. Holy shit, there's no inflation out there, right? Just don't tell the poor people or the no-income people because uh, they're going to have to eat it. So, again, at the end of the day, that's the thing about, and, and that's, i got to tell you, it makes me uncomfortable sometimes. And eventually, if, if a society does more and more of it, like the rich people like us or the elite people or whatever the hell you want to call yourself and you're feeling it, uh, you just say somebody who's got money. We're making money because we're aware of stagflation. We're shorting dollars and buying corn. We're buying wheat. We're buying soy. And the people in Bridgeport, Connecticut, that don't have a job are going to eat it. They're going to pay for that in cost of living. That is my own battle. But again, it does not, it does not break me. I will make money and still understand that the money I make, and I just made a nice donation to a great cause in Bridgeport last night, I'm going to find a way to help those people if I can. So again, you probably didn't want to hear about that, but if you did, cool. I think it's cool too. What else we got going on for you this morning? Uh, Ten-year yield risk range. Zero, uh, one more thing, uh, just to round, round this off, and Jonesy's probably like, man, just get to the points here. Ten-year uh, yield, <clears throat> 0.71% to 0.91%. So again, um, CNBC doesn't even... Yeah, it's like bonds don't exist, right? I mean, so so it's a pretty simple lesson here. <clears throat> next time, next time my girlfriend shows up, pink, love pink, love it, love her. Anytime the ten-year yield is north of that or at that level, you buy treasuries. Here, girlfriend's happy, you sell some treasuries. Okay, that's how you use it. bond yields are inversely correlated. Uh, to the treasuries. Okay, so that's uh, an important point in as much as a bunch of stock picks are working this morning. Bitcoin is too, by the way, for those of you that don't know that uh, Bitcoin loves the idea of American elites, the academics, the politicians devaluing the dollar. Like I'm trying to get these hodlers to warm up to me, you know, just a little bit, right? Just a little bit, just to warm up to me. Look at that chart. It's awesome. Every time the dollar gets smoked, Bitcoin gets a ramp. Look, at there's an inverse correlation matrix that we show you there. We have a great new quant product coming out on Bitcoin, by the way. I built it uh, alongside Christian Drake when I was in my COVID cave. Uh, maybe a good spot, Jonesy, to take some questions. Okay, great. Uh, top question here, and you've touched on some of this, but this has 91 upvotes. Karen from South Carolina. Uh, REMX, XLK, QQQ, or logs now, based on the early look this morning. I know we aren't supposed to chase but they have ripped since yesterday. Do we wait for a correction to get into these or buy a small amount now and wait for another correction, which might not happen anytime soon? So I guess the idea of risk managing, uh, you know, had some good long calls the last couple of days that have really worked. Yep. Thinking about risk managing or if you're not allocated, how to, how to think about it. Yeah, I mean, Karen, Karen I, I'm totally with you on every part of that other than it may not happen soon. Like, where's the edge in that statement? You don't know. Uh, when everybody thinks that there's not going to be a correction, a correction happens. So again, uh, 100% of the time, you will get a correction to take advantage of. Uh, the, the, the best way to think about this, Karen, too, is not having FOMO, right? So don't forget that I just gave you a full investing cycle, go anywhere strategy. And thank you for mentioning Rare Earths or REMX. Or yesterday, you could have bought SOYB, which is basically soybeans ETF. There's always something that is for sale at the low end of the range. That will get rid of your FOMO. You know, just feeling like you're missing something. And by the way, if that's your core feeling and you want to buy a little bit of it, do it. I'm not going to do it. 
but because I got other things I could buy. Um, but if that's what you want to do, that, that's what you can do. Just again, average into things and really go big in things when they're at the loan of the range. When you start to think that you are not going to get the loan of the range, you're about to start to get closer to the point in time where everybody realizes the low end of the range. It's called mean reversion, and it happens all the time. Okay. Uh, number two questions from Paul in uh, Washington State. Um, would you be a be a seller of all long long term treasuries TLT with this drop in yields and shift to tips, or keep some TLT since the trend is still bearish? Well, I mean, to be clear, I'm not long TLT, so I, I'm long tips. I mean, I, I, that, that's the position that I have currently. Uh, tips, don't forget, is uh, for those of you that don't know that or anything about the bond market in particular, and again, no apologies to those poor bastards on CNBC that haven't taught you a bloody thing. <laughs> but uh, when you go from uh, quad four, which is deflation, that's where TLT, something like long-term treasuries, extended duration bonds, zeros. We ha- I have some fans out there. A lot of you, thank you for joining us. I know you hate me, but um, uh, when, you, when you get a chance for free, some people are like, well, he's been long zeros. <laughs> no, I sold those in June. You know, like, again, I bought zeros, extended duration bonds. Then I flipped when we went from quad four to quad three. So, again, that's the thing about having a, a rules-based full investing cycle decision-making process. So when you go from deflation, which is great for long-term bonds as far as you can go all the way out to zeros, and then you go to quad three where the inflation's coming back, you replace some of that long-term duration with inflation protection, which is tips. Now, it's not that exciting. The real exciting, the real juice, if you need juice, I wouldn't just go for juice. A good diversified portfolio, for those of you that work super hard to make what you made, should include foreign currency exposure and or gold at the right spots, you know, fixed income, it can be boring. Tips are boring. But there's a place for that, right? You get a monthly coupon you know, on, on these things. And then you got your equities and you have your commodities. So the real juice is in the commodities on the inflation place, whereas the parking lot is really uh, tips. Okay. Uh, number three question here from Jim in New Jersey. Uh, KM, within the last day or so, you've indicated that a quad two pivot would likely occur next spring, whereas last week you indicated that the, the pivot to quad two might be in December. Uh, I don't know for sure if that's totally accurate, but what's your current thinking on this? Thank you. Uh, the, the the thinking is I don't know, but you know if I, it's going to happen, the market's going to give me a signal on when it happens. That's the thing about um, you know being a humble servant of of daily and instantaneous volatility is that we don't know. I know you'd like me to tell you when you know. That's why Jones, there's the, Jonesy is like I don't know if you actually said that, and I don't even know. Like I don't I don't know. Like. All I do know, go back to the quad map. Let's, uh, let's, let's show that map and I'll doodle on it quickly so people understand the process. Um, all I do know is that we have a quad two outlook uh, by Q2 of, of 2021 and for certain months of Q1. So the way to read this is just that. So you get your quad map. We have currently our dot right here. This is where we're at. This is the dot. That's Q4. We're in Q4, okay? We did take a peek at quad four a couple times. People are like, you know, these maximalists or whatever, they're like, oh, that's such bullshit. That <laughs> did they miss like what Bitcoin did when Quad 4 hit in September, when Bitcoin went from the high of September to the low? And then we, I came back and I bought it in early October. Uh, when this, this happened, this dot started moving back more to Quad 3. That's how specific it is. It's not making up some fantasy island story that we need to support and only, you know, find confirmation biases for every day. No, 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 no. Right? So the question, the question that we're now being asked is, how about this puppy over here? And, and this move is, you know, going from quad three to quad two 
is something that every single day from 4.30 in the morning, uh, what, what was the um, subscriber's uh, uh, name, Jonesy? Uh, that was, sorry, Jim. Jim, every day, COVID or no COVID, I wasn't bad and I couldn't even see for a couple days. But even those days, Jim, I'm trying to time it. That bastard. Yeah. What else do I, I'm the one who taught you what the quads are. Darius and I made this up, right? I am very focused on timing that right. So the only way to get the answer on what I'm, when I'm pivoting, whether it's December, January, March, if the stock market goes down 8% tomorrow, which, by the way, it could. I didn't say it should. I said it could. There's a difference between those two words, right? That's where the low end of the risk range is relative to where the market's going to open. Maybe that's when I'll do it. Probably not. See how maybe, probably, would, should, these words matter. Okay? So again, every day, every day, I have an, uh, I have a, until somebody takes it away from me in this country, which we're getting closer, every day you get a little closer to losing your liberty. I reserve the inalienable right to tilt. And I'll tilt, you know. That's one reason to, if you, uh, in the other question on long-term treasuries, you know, it's a great spot to be booking gains, particularly if you've been long the 10-year uh, bonds since we were, which is at 3.25, 3.2%. Um, because eventually, when we go to quad two, you do not want to be long long-term bonds. Today and this week, certainly hasn't, that hasn't been the answer to that. Uh, but every day, that's basically what I'm trying to solve for every day. So if it makes you uncomfortable because you've been sold certainty, don't forget that that's what Wall Street's trying to do. They're trying to do a couple things. Number one, get paid on the assets that they manage. They're trying to get a fee out of you and, and trying to get to buy and hold so that they get to hold their fees. Understand that concept? I hope you do. Uh, CNBC is trying to market and, and drive advertising dollars on everything that those people are trying to sell you. Okay. So those conflicts of interest, which you should be pretty well aware of, um, uh, and I think you know, any, anyone that's got these conflicts of interest, those two things are happening all the time. Meanwhile, the rest of us, think of it a like, little bit like Braveheart or something. You know, we're over here just trying to not get sucked in to paying them when we're, again, have an opportunity to go buy something else. So, there, so there's always something to buy. And every day there's always something to sell. If you want to risk manage it, oh, bad words, trade around it for free, do it. That's how we do it. But again, we have these core positions that are based on the quads. And when I make a change on quads, I'm, I'm very clear on that change. And I'm very clear this morning. It says in our early look note, and thanks for everyone who read it, it's called election result, quad three. So quad three, Jim, is where I'm positioned today. And uh, every day, I reserve the inalienable right to change my mind. All right. I think we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And also thanks, everybody, for the patience for the past couple weeks. I know Keith and I have been out of the office, haven't always had great connections on the macro show. But uh, Keith's back in now. I'll be back in Monday. And uh, we obviously appreciate you guys tuning in every day. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to our podcast. As a reminder, new Hedgeye subscribers may qualify for a special discount on one of our Hedgeye investing products. Email customer service director Matt Moran at mmoran at hedgeye.com. That's M-M-O-R-A-N at hedgeye.com. Hedgeye Risk Management is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Connecticut. Hedgeye Risk Management is not a broker-dealer and does not provide investment advice for individuals. This research does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. This research is presented without regard to individual investment preferences or risk parameters. It is general information and does not constitute specific investment advice. Nothing presented herein should be construed as legal or tax advice. 
This presentation is based on information from sources believed to be reliable. Hedgeye Risk Management is not responsible for errors, inaccuracies, or omissions of information. The opinions and conclusions contained in this report are those of the individual speaking and not necessarily those of Hedgeye and are intended solely for the use of Hedgeye Risk Management's clients and subscribers. In reaching these opinions and conclusions, the individuals expressing those opinions and conclusions and their employees have relied upon research which is based upon sources considered credible and reliable within the industry. Neither Hedgeye Risk Management nor any individual expressing those opinions and conclusions are responsible for the validity or authenticity of the information upon which it has relied.